This is part one of a two-part interview with Rob Gross, the COO of FakeSpot, a company that evaluates websites that sell products to you and to me. This podcast is brought to you by Brad's Deals, a team of real people dedicated to helping consumers. In this episode, we will talk to Rob Gross, the COO of FakeSpot. How do you trust what you read online? That's the core of this, and it's a fundamental part of being a frugal person. I'm Jim Marcus. Hi, I'm Rob Gross. I'm the COO and co-founder of FakeSpot. Some of the most popular websites online have fake reviews all over. Lots of products seem to have manipulated reviews, artificially high reviews, artificially low reviews. How is this so prevalent? How do so many companies get away with this? Yeah, yes, that's a great question. A great question to start off with. So there's a couple reasons why companies are able to get away with this. And the first one is the platforms let them get away with it, right? So platforms, uh, marketplaces like Amazon, Walmart, Sephora, Wish, the list goes on and on and on. There's there's very few of these platforms that actually uh, take fake reviews very seriously. And I believe, in, and the company believes, and Sayu does too, that the ones who get ahead of this and actually you know, take fake reviews seriously are going to reap the rewards from customers as consumers are, are, are slowly finding out, but now, you know, with, with the lockdown, they're finding out even faster that a lot of these things that they're seeing online are not true. And whether, whether it's the product itself, the product quality, whether it's a counterfeit or whether they're being, you know, those products are being pumped with fake reviews, consumers are waking up. So a lot of the platforms, they're trying their best. I would say Amazon's making a big effort to try to eliminate fake reviews from their platform without actually publicizing it because they don't want the public to know that there's that big of a problem. But there's so much stuff going on at Amazon, it's hard for them to keep up with all of the bad actors that are, that are you know, pushing these fake reviews. Platforms like Walmart have a big problem. Walmart went out and they copied almost everything that Amazon has done, um, whether it's the, the shipping, the two-day shipping with Walmart Plus, and then also bringing in, opening up the third-party marketplace. That brings in a whole host of issues. So the platforms, I think, need to step up their enforcement of this and realize that fake reviews are just another form of uh, basically false advertising, deceptive advertising, which you can't do, right? If you if you have any kind of false advertising, deceptive advertising, the FTC is going to step in and stop that and then levy a hefty fine on you to get you to stop doing it and also to send a message to everyone else. And that kind of gets to my second point is – well, how do they get away with this? Well, the platforms themselves don't have an incentive to remove fake reviews because reviews drive sales, even if those sales are based on lies. So they don't see this as a big problem because they're making money off of it, right? If you're a third-party seller on Amazon, Amazon's going to get you know, a cut of your sales. They're going to get fees for fulfillment by Amazon, and they're going to get their their monthly seller their monthly seller fees, right? So all along the line, they're making money off that transaction. The same thing with Walmart. The same thing is going on at Wish, and these reviews will drive will drive sales. But the biggest thing that happens is there's no law, right, incentivizing them to actually address this. 
So Congress enacted Section 230 under the Communication Decency Act a very long time ago in 1996. And the reason for doing that was to allow the Internet to grow, right? They wanted this new thing called the Internet to grow so that new economies um, and new jobs could be created. And the whole idea behind that law was, OK, we're not going to we're not going to hold any content poster or service provider liable for things that happen on their platform. Well, now, Jim, flash forward to 2021, and this law still applies to a very mature industry. It, it's not like the Internet is still at home, right, and it's still waiting to go to college. It actually has graduated from college. It has it's had multiple jobs now, and now it's in his, and now it's in an executive position controlling a lot of things in our lives. So yeah, so this 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 law is still being used by everyone in big tech and even even smaller companies to absolve themselves of any liability for anything that occurs on their platform. My personal opinion, and actually Fake Spot's uh, position, is that this is not what Section 230 was actually intended to do, and. Surely a company the size of Amazon or Walmart could easily put in enforcement mechanisms to stop bad things happening on their platform. But when bad things do happen, they hide behind this law every time. So there's no incentive for these companies to actually go in there and try to get rid of fake reviews. And what this has led to is the FTC is the only one enforcing their guidelines against promotional reviews. And their enforcement mechanisms are pretty much limited to when Someone reports, basically a whistleblower reports a fake reviewer. And this happened with Sunday Riley over at Sephora, right? So Sunday Riley got in trouble with the FTC because an employee sent out basically emails from the CEO and founder saying, you guys need to go in this weekend and leave as many reviews as possible. Here's your script. Oh, wow. And if you don't, and if you don't do this, there's going to be, you know, repercussions for you at work. Obviously, that did not sit well with some employees and someone leaked the email. <laughs> and of course, then the FTC had to do something about it because it was blatantly obvious what was going on. You go through that case and what ended up happening was they just let Sunday Riley off with a warning. And if you look at that FTC opinion, the dissenters were saying something very important. They were saying, we should make this an example for everyone else of what you're not supposed to do by coming down with heavy fines and really showing people that if you do do this, and we find out about it, you're going to be penalized. But instead, Sunday Riley basically got away with this. And that, that, that's, that's really disheartening to a lot of people out there, especially consumers. The FTC is supposed to have our back to make sure we don't get ripped off. And what they basically said with Sunday Riley was, just don't do it again. Right? Well, it's like, wait a second. That's not, a slap on the wrist is not good enough in this situation, I believe. If you would have had a heavy monetary fine, I think everyone would have woke up and said, wait a second, maybe we shouldn't be doing these things because if we get caught, we're going to damage our brand. Our customers are going to know that we're ripping them off and lying to them. And we're going to get hit with a big fine that might actually be detrimental to our operations. So all these factors combined is how companies get away with fake reviews. How do you spot a fake review? So there's, you can break it down between, simplify and break it down between two categories. Ones that are obvious to spot and ones that are not easy to spot if you can spot them at all. The ones that are obvious to spot, we can clearly see them all left on the same day. One were reviews. It's a good, great, best company. Those are clear fake reviews, and you should run from that product because something very wrong is happening there. You'll see things like reviews for a different product. We saw one during um, during um, on PBE. 
it was a it was for a, a fake N95 mask, and all the reviews were for the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> uh, the the, the problem and those and those reviews are called. There's different names for them. They call them ASIN switches. It's called review hijacking. But what it is is basically just review fraud on a massive level. You're using different products reviews for the current product. If you see a lot of promotional reviews that aren't properly identified, now that's very hard to spot. But things that will be obvious that they're promotional reviews, if they're using what sounds like a very similar script, right? This company is the greatest. I've always bought products from this company, and this one's a winner. And then the next one is, <laughs> this product's a winner. This company's the best. I will never buy products from anyone from anyone but this company, right? Right. You'll see these. You'll see these these floods of these promotional reviews, and like they all sound the same. Well, it's because they're promotional reviews. They were given a script, and they got the product for free, and they're just now they're they're flooding they're flooding a new product with these promotional reviews. But sometimes those aren't so easy to see, and that's where fake spot comes in. But with those three examples, the problem always comes down to this: we've been programmed not to look at the written reviews. We've been programmed to look at four to five stars. I see the price. I like it and I buy it. Just taking one to two minutes to scroll down and look at these reviews will save you a lot of time and frustration and money. And you won't be disappointed. What about the less obvious examples? So less obvious examples. These are, these are very tough. So one would definitely be promotional reviews that do not use the script. Companies that are smart and say, you just write on your own, right? They don't give them a script. You, you just, you tell us something about the product, but make sure you, give a glowing review, right? Four to five stars. Sure. Um, and what the incentive is here is if you don't give that glowing review, you probably won't receive any more free products. We rarely see promotional reviewers doing any more promotional reviews if they're actually honest. Um, and if they leave one to three star reviews. One of the hardest ones to do are the fake verified reviews. And these are this is the gift card scam. And you'll see this all over Facebook and Twitter. You can just do a search for it. You can search for promotional products, free products from Amazon, and you'll get these brokers who will send you product, will say, look, I'm going to, you go on, you buy the product, you show me proof that you bought it, you show me a screenshot of your, uh, or a link of your, of your uh, verified review, and I will send you a gift card for $25. We know the product costs 20, you keep the five. And they'll do this over and over and over again. So those are the fake verified reviews. And those are very difficult to detect because pretty much it's in the shadows. We talked about product switches that sometimes what will happen is it won't be as obvious as the constitution example. What will happen is someone will do a product switch and before they start promoting the product, they'll front load it with fake reviews to push down the old reviews. So even if you scroll down, you all you'll see is the, the fake reviews for the current product and you'll have to go to page two or three to find the old reviews, which no one really does. So those are difficult to find. And then you have reviews from other sites, which I love, the syndicated reviews. This happens a lot on Walmart, where their Walmart had a problem when they first launched their e-commerce site that there wasn't a lot of reviews. So what they did is they start taking in reviews from other sites and which are like, for example, um, pampers.com. Well, pampers.com, the experience of a customer on pampers.com has nothing to do with the experience in walmart.com because on walmart.com, you could be buying from Walmart's inventory or you could be buying from a third party seller. The shipping could stink. The packaging could stink. You could get, you know, it, it, there's all kinds of issues that could happen. So reviews from other sites, syndicated reviews, if you see those, don't rely on them. Look on reviews from up, from the platform itself. And then, of course, there is the new method of doing fake reviews, which is AI-generated reviews. 
these are very difficult to, to detect because they're using advanced AI to make very complex fake reviews that instead of using a script from a fake review farm and churning out hundreds of the same looking, you know, basically the same looking reviews, they're using AI to generate realistic fake reviews that vary from review to review. That's incredible. I've never heard of this before. I mean, it, it makes sense, right? Yep. I had never considered it because, I mean, how much of that do you think is a response specifically to fake spot, right? Because you use machine learning to evaluate yep. these, which reviews look fake. How much of the AI generated reviews are a response to that? Well, we'll use machine learning, you know, to try to fool your algorithm. <laughs> you know, for us at FakeSpot, it's been a big cat and mouse game ever since we launched the platform back in 2016. And it, it, it's, it started off with, you know, like the very plain vanilla fake reviews. And this is why we always have to stay on top of this and be constantly researching and finding new methods of fraud. I don't think it's a response. I think it's actually just a natural evolution with tech. So have you seen anything in the news about uh, open AI and how they have very sophisticated AI that could generate fake news articles, fake comments? Yeah. It's just, it's just, I, it's not a response. It's just the evolution of technology. And when there's new technologies out there and um, scammers can use them to make a quick buck, they're going to use them. Yeah, that makes sense. This is probably a good transition point to why is FakeSpot so good at what it does? So, We've been we've been doing this since, like I said before, we've been doing this since 2016. But when we built out this platform, we made sure to build it out with only state-of-the-art tech to ensure the highest degree of accuracy and constantly doing testing on our platform to keep that accuracy rate extremely high. But since 2016, the platform has actually just gotten better. Every year, we've gotten better at this. And that's because of the talented people we have working at FakeSpot. Our engineers, our data science team, uh, it's absolutely world-class. And what makes our product so good is our team is very passionate about solving this problem, solving the misinformation problem and the misinformation and problem within e-commerce. And we, we do this, we build out these systems by first having an extensive database of reviews and reviewer profiles. So we have over right now 8 billion reviews and reviewer profiles in our database that we use to train our AI. No one even comes close to this level of data that we have to look for patterns of fraud, whether they're known, unknown, or emerging, right? So this is this gives us a, a very big advantage over anyone else in our space that actually wants to say that, yeah, they can spot reviews better than fake spot. It's just not possible. We are constantly updating and constantly backtesting those systems to ensure that we're not missing anything and to ensure that we're getting things right. And the way that we do this, one way we do this is we are always monitoring fake review services for any new tricks that they're using. So we go undercover, we find out what the new tricks are, we find out what the new scams are, and as soon as we find those out, before they're even out there in mass, we have already have it in our system. So we know exactly what to look for. We know exactly what they're doing, how they're, how they're able to do these reviews, the steps they take to do them. So it's very hard for the fake review firms you know, to keep up with us. We're very proud of this. We like to, we like to think that we're one step ahead of them at all times. Can, can we dive a little bit further into this? It sounds a little bit more like a, a detective agency than I realized. Like you have this team who's who's trying to spot these things while they're still in their earliest forms. So yeah. you're going undercover. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, I, I don't want to I don't want to get into too many details about it because then these actors can realize who we are. But it's it, it basically you just want to you there. These people are not hard to find. 
you will find them on, you don't have to go to the dark web to find them. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're on Craigslist. And you'll see them advertising their services. So you basically just inquire about it. And you will find out a lot of information if you just ask. Because their whole thing at Fake Review Farms is they just need to keep on getting customers and keep on getting clients. There isn't any lack of them, that's for sure. If, if 2020 did anything, it just it accelerated all that e-commerce growth for probably the, the next three to four years into one year. So the more people that come online and start selling on Shopify or Amazon or Walmart, the more need for these people's services there are. So if, if you want to learn more about fake reviews, you can just ask a fake reviewer. It's just that simple. <laughs> that's great. You know, these things are so out in the open and so obvious on platforms like Twitter and Facebook, and they really don't do anything to stop them. I mean, right now on Twitter, you could go on there and find tons of promotional review services and tons of fake review farms. I guess it's just it's just not their priority right now. Sure. Yeah, that that certainly makes sense. One of the things that's most interesting to me about online marketing is brushing and these other types of, I mean, they're, they're fake reviews in really unique ways. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think it's interesting to talk about. Can you tell me a little bit about what else is happening out there? Yeah, so so uh, brushing is uh, brushing has been going on for a very long time, and it, there doesn't appear to be any end in sight. And brushing is a weird thing because what happens is you'll be sitting at home one day, and you just get an Amazon box, and it's a random product, and you're like, I, I didn't order this. Like, what, what, what is this? And then all of a sudden, next day, you'll get another one. And you'll be like, okay, I actually like this product. I didn't order it. And you call up Amazon, you say, what's going on here? And they go, well, we don't know. You sure you didn't order this because it got mailed to you. Uh, so with brushing scams, so everyone in your audience understands them is I have a product that I want to start selling on Amazon or Walmart or just any other, any other e-commerce marketplace. And I need to get, I need to get verified reviews. So how do I get verified reviews without going through a fake review service or doing a gift card scam? But what I can do is I can create Amazon accounts. And I could just look up people's addresses in the phone book <laughs> and their names. <laughs> and I could just buy the product under that account and send the product uh, to the person's address I randomly selected. And they get a free product. And guess what? I get a, I get a fake verified review. Right. Wr- written by a person I pay to market my stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm buying the product and I'm basically giving it to a random person for free in order to get the, in order to get the, uh, the fake verified review. Uh, it's, it's crazy, but that's what happens. What a, what a creative mind comes up with this workaround to getting a verified review. Well, what was really interesting, what's really interesting about Jim is, is when you're, when you're in the situation where you're the manufacturer of the product, and let's say it's, um, a very popular product, a drone, right? You're selling a drone and the drone costs you a dollar to make. Sure. And you're going to sell it on Amazon. You're basically paying yourself back, right? So you're going to get a fake verified review and the money's just going to go come right back to you. So it's actually cheaper to do brushing than to hire a review farm to do the, do the gift card scam. The only cost is whatever Amazon's charging you to list the product, which you're going to have to Correct. pay anyway. And I think it's only Correct. what, like 15% of the purchase price in most cases. In most cases. Yes. In most cases. So they'll, they'll, yeah, I mean, if, you really, you really break it down. You really break it down even more. So the cost of that person's marketing is the dollar to make the product, the dollar to make the product, and Amazon's fees and commissions. That's it. So <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot cheaper. So if you're selling it for twenty dollars, it's a lot cheaper than a twenty-five dollar gift card. 
Man, yeah, that's true. I mean, like you're like like you said, to use the drone example, to it, to have hard numbers here, a dollar to make the drone, ten dollars you're you're listing it at ten, so a dollar yep. fifty goes to Amazon. You've made two fifty instead of twenty five dollars. I mean, granted, yep. you would have gotten yep. some of that back, but still. Yeah, you see, you save you. It would have cost you ten times as much to do the same fake review. <laughs> and then, and then, and you, and then, you know what? Some people get. So there was actually, uh, I think CNN, yeah, CNN had a piece on this that featured us uh, a couple weeks ago. And some of the people's reactions were funny. They were like, "I actually like some of this stuff." <laughs> it, it just, it just, it just, it just. What it is? It's, it feels really weird, right? You're like, sure. okay, wait a second, Amazon. Wait a second, Walmart. Why are people creating accounts in my name and how do they get my address? And it really just comes down to that anyone's address is available on Google or, you know, the good old yellow pages. I guess it would be the white pages, right? So, sure. <laughs> yep. you get, I mean, if you have a phone book or if you have Google, you can find anybody in their address and just send them stuff. So <laughs> as long as I, I, I mean, the, 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 the problem with it though is, is if you start sending people products that are defective or they're dangerous and they start using them, that's where it gets, that's where it gets bad. Special thanks to Rob Gross. H. Borkowski is our story editor and Sydney Smith helped with a bunch of these interviews. Also thanks to Lauren Lee for setting up this conversation. If you like Frugal Living, please share it with a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Frugal Living is brought to you by Brad's Deals, a team of proud consumer advocates who scour the internet every day for the best prices on, well, everything. That's B-R-A-D-S-D-E-A-L-S dot com.